You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. Last time where we left off, Val had been held hostage in her home by some really bad dudes. It's bad Santa. Uh, Bad Santa, that's right, that's right. Thank you. And Bad Santa ended up getting shot. And Val ended up all traumatized and sad. Which is pretty much the theme of today's episode. Is Val's going to be sad and Jules is going to be angry. And brace yourself, Monica. There's no good, happy <laughs> Julian Tina stuff today. So now we cut to the hospital. And Jules is on her way to try and investigate to see if she can confront her father if you recall she saw him in the the ambulance and she called after him and he saw her and but she couldn't get to him so now she's hot on his trail yeah and for the viewer that was a big reveal we've been skirting around it this entire time that juliana has known valentina because valentina has this very close relationship with hakabo yet juliana has never met him so for 60-some odd episodes, we've been wondering when they will get thrown into one another's face. And, you know, I think it's interesting they did it like this. I think they just wanted to ratchet up the intensity even more by not having them have this conflict right away. She sees him, and he knows that she sees him. So it's kind of hit the fan. You know, they both have to start making choices based on the knowledge that, you know, he knows who she is and she knows he looks like her dad, so nobody still has all of the, the details. But he's unfortunately laid up in a hospital bed right now, which gives her a little bit more of an opportunity to go chase him down than she may have otherwise had. Well said. You're not just a pretty face, Monica. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's a shame this is only a podcast, viewers. Uh, uh, totally. I do make weird faces when I think about things, though. My partner walked in last night, and she goes, why do you look so sad? And I was like, well, because I'm writing something sad. And she was like, yeah, it looks like it. Because like, even when I'm writing, everything I'm thinking or feeling is flashing across my face. So, you know, I accept it could be disconcerting to people that are just like walking into a room and I look like I want to cry. But if it's making me sad when I'm writing it, I feel like I'm doing my job well. Absolutely. I've unfortunately got the same problem Everything, I think, flashes across my face to the point where I'm a terrible, like, poker player. I'm terrible at keeping any of my emotions hidden. I'm just really not good at anything that isn't out in the open. No, we're definitely the wear our hearts on our sleeve type. Yeah. Or our face. But I think that's okay. You know, the world needs all kinds. Well see. Nothing would ever get done if we all had poker faces. It would be the most boring, boring thing in the world. Well, that is a good point. Okay, back to the show. Now we cut to Sylvina's house where Lupe and Jules are still staying. And Lupe's busy having dinner. Jules walks in. Jules is still wearing the necklace that Val gave her. And I mean, to be fair, it's still the same day. 
because it, this is a soap opera in its purest sense where the days just draw out. But, you know, she comes to her mother and tells her that there was a shooting at Valentina's house and her mom is obviously upset to hear this news because it, it's dangerous. But that's not what Juliana is there to talk about. Juliana wants to talk about the fact that she saw her dad and the reaction she gets from her mom is not quite the one that she's expecting. Right. So she's convinced that Chino had something to do with the shooting because, and that makes sense if you're in her position and the music is all dramatic. And then we cut away from the scene before mom can react. Now we're with Val in front of her very glorious, like indoor fireplace thing. One of the many. And she's sitting with her brother and his girlfriend and they're trying to comfort her. She looks really awful. But like beautiful, but awful. You know, one of those sort of... Haunted. She looks haunted. Okay. (laughs) And this is going to be a common theme. I mean, yeah. I think Macarena Chaga, the, the actor who plays Val, is going to have some of her best scenes coming up because she's truly distraught and she plays that so well. But damn, she makes you feel it. Like it is not going to be an easy road. And this is, you know, besides when she was, because with Ava, she was mostly mad. That was the tone. And then heartbroken. That's when we got into the, you know, the park bench, the the vow. But this is, I mean, I think that this is a level of, of trauma that, she is really struggling with and you will continue to see the the evolution of what that trauma does as it just kind of like chips away at her through the show yeah and i think she sort of becomes her own worst enemy in this particular regard she starts isolating herself from others she stops wanting to go out of the house and i think because of that she allows it to replay over and over again in the meantime, though, she she's now told her brother that her and Jules are not together anymore. And that moment, I remember watching it the first time, my heart just wanted to break all over again because it's such a beautifully done moment. Like, she just is so sad and the music swells all sadly. And there's this big dramatic pause be- before she says, we're not together anymore. Right. She told him about her and Juliana and, you know, it sounds like he's told Renata, which was completely fine because they're together. But yeah, she says she's lonelier than ever. And, you know, I think it's kind of difficult that she can't, she doesn't feel like she can even lean on Juliana as a friend right now. And on top of that, she doesn't know that Juliana was there. She still is coming at this from a point that she went through this horrible thing and she's alone and Juliana doesn't want to be with her so it's just compounding all of like the loss and loneliness that she's feeling in this moment and then we juxtapose that so it's it's quite a slow beat scene the music is very like sad and low-key even the shots are sort of wide angle shots of the three of them for a lot of it's or not not quick cutting not anything to sort of uh give us a momentum then we cut to now Jules and we can see that the Val and Jules are having like polar opposite moments right now because Jules we got quick cuts between them we got a lot of agitated speaking we've got a much more dramatic kind of scene and unfolding in front of us as she's talking about discovering her father at the hospital 
And I think she is getting, so she and Lupe are having this conversation and she is getting even more frustrated because Lupe isn't having the reaction that she expects. So she's feeling a little bit crazy right now because she goes to her mom telling her that this person who they're both terrified of is still out there running around in the world. And the unspoken thing is, and I think he had something to do with trying to hurt the love of my life. So that crossed a line. Like, you can hurt me as much as you want, Chino, but you can't hurt my baby Val. Um, <laughs> and she is expecting her mom to at least show some kind of emotion, like freak out and tell them they need to leave, which is, you know, she's still trying to, I think she's still on her Costa Rica plan. I think that's still in motion. So much has been happening. But her mom does not have that response. She very calmly tells Juliana that the man that Juliana saw is the chauffeur that works at Valentina's house. And he's, he's not um, El Chino. He's Jacob, basically. Sure, it's your dad's buddy, but it's not him. So I just want to, if you're watching this, watch for how they shoot. There's a zoom in on Lupe as she's revealing all this information which is a great way to show that she's been hiding something that's now being revealed. Right, because, you know, even though we were blessed with hours and hours of Julian Tina scenes, all of these other characters that we see coming and going in their lives have their own main story arcs, of which, you know, Lupe is one of them. So Lupe has her thing with Panchito going on, which is her love story arc. But then she also has this interaction with Hakobo, which we do not see in the majority of our scenes. Uh, and then she's also running around with Beltran, who is actually her husband in in a professor's body. And we saw him briefly and we'll see him again. He'll become more of a, a part of the show. But, you know, she very calmly explains that it's, it's not him and she knows it looks like him. Um, and I really like uh, very soon after this, you know, for as much as I struggle with some of the, the choices Lupe makes and kind of her behavior and, and things like that, especially as we get into some of the other scenes, I really like how she explains how she knows. And it's that she has lived with El Chino for years and years and she's seen him at She's seen all of his worst parts, basically. And one of the things that was left out for the viewer at the very beginning of the show, because it was a scene before Val and Juliana met, for the average viewer, you start watching at episode 10 when the two girls meet, but you don't see their lives separate from one another before then. But, you know, Chino's absolutely abusive. He's awful. He's pretty much a drunk. He uses violence to solve his problems. And she is like, I know... My husband and that man that I am talking to is not my husband. He's, you know, basically too gentle to be the person. Like, I believe it's not him. It took a lot, but I absolutely believe that this man is not my husband. She keeps trying to convince Jules and Jules keeps saying, but it's him and he's smart and he's just trying to like lie to everyone. And now Lupe's asking Jules to keep this a secret. And I love it when they just... You know, they get out there. It's so funny because everything about this show is so hyper-realistic, except just, like, this one thing. 
that transmigration is possible and people can inhabit other people's bodies. But that's like the only, you know, and I think like Chivis has a visions or whatever, but I still don't know how I feel about her. But like, it's just, she's like, please don't tell Valentina that they're chauffeurs in your father's body. Like just very <laughs> normally. It's like, okay. Like we just have to accept that that's a real plot point in conversation that's happening right now, but it fits. It so fits. So now we cut back to to Val, and it's it's her bedroom. She's sitting on the floor next to her bed. Chivis comes in with like a tea or something, and it begs her to get into bed and to have to sleep, to rest. She hasn't been sleeping. A dog starts barking somewhere in the neighborhood, and Val starts having like a panic attack that the guys are going to come back. Yeah. And I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of people throw around – PTSD and kind of that concept but she is obviously going through you know she's having post-traumatic stress disorder she is not doing well can't even sit in bed can't engage with people normally is terrified of of sounds and is living under a constant fear that they are going to come back and I think that you know it does events are traumatic as they stand no matter where they happen but they came into her house and they took a place that for all of her life had been a safe space and turned it into something how would you feel if the one place you felt safe no longer felt safe she doesn't even have like a place to kind of escape to and feel better she's really trying to grapple with with not feeling safe, but also just feeling incredibly scared all the time. And again, you know, Macarena Chaga plays this perfectly. And you just, you want to wrap her up and give her a hug because she looks so out of sorts. And her phone rings. And she goes to pick it up. And we see that it's Jules. And Jules is, is worried about her. You finally picked up. So she's obviously been trying desperately to call her. She says, I was really worried about you. And they're talking about what happened. And it's very clear that Jules is reaching out and trying to kind of like connect. And she says, do you want me to come over tomorrow? And Val's like, no, I'm not up for anything. And even though it hurts to see Valentina do this and you're just like, you idiot, she went there. Like, let her be there for you. For as frustrating as it is, this fits very well within who Valentina is as a person because we already saw this. And I think to the viewer right now, it's going to appear as if Valentina is mostly trying to protect herself and protect her heart. But you also know there's always this part of it that she's trying to protect the people around her. And now there's this, what she believes, you know, clear and present danger in her home. And she doesn't want to bring Juliana into that. So as hard as it is to, to watch this scene and just want them to cave and, you know, bringing this, we talk a lot about, you know, she know you do the lesbian review. I write lesbian romance books. Keeping characters apart, you have to find like really good reasons and these are kind of emotional based reasons that aren't rooted in like Ava 
threatening them that they can't be together. These are their own internal conflicts happening. But I think that they play it so well that for as frustrated as you are, it's incredibly believable that the characters would make this decision right now. I mean, yes. I think that was part of it, but I also think Jules is compounding Val's emotional state at the moment because Val is still brokenhearted about the whole thing. She still feels really hurt. Oh, absolutely. Yes, those things I mentioned were in addition to the fact that Juliana broke Val's heart and stomped on it into a million itty-bitty little pieces. Yeah, sorry. I don't think Val is ready to like even be friends again at this point. No, absolutely not. And I think that's why she actually ends up putting the phone down on Jules. She's just like, I actually can't deal with any of this. I mean, yeah, she pretty much hangs up on her. Right. And then that leads to a really beautiful shot of, as we're zooming in on a very sad Jules, as she looks at her phone and the connection is gone. So, of course, she's going to take action. So now we're back at the hospital. And previously she couldn't see him because she'd given the wrong name. So now she's given the name her mother told her. She's so funny. She's trying to be all devious. And, you know, I I gave you the wrong It was a nickname. But, like, I realized nobody outside of, you know, our family or whatever calls him that. Uh, so she's she's... Doing being a sneaky snake, trying to get information from the hospital. And she's also wearing like this wonderful kind of light bomber jacket. It's like green and yellow. This for me starts the evolution of I start the show on like Team Val, but I end the show on Team Both of Them from like an attraction perspective. But I love when Juliana is running around angry in her little bomber jackets. Like that's it for me. That's a mood. So now we cut to Ava and Chivis and they're talking about what to do about Val. Should they sedate her? Should they like whatever? And then they hear her yelling no, 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 no from her bedroom. And we see that she's having these flashbacks. I think she pulled down her curtain. I think she just like ripped that curtain right off the, the rail in her panic attack. Well, and I think probably she like needed to be able to see outside to make sure it was safe. I would take that as the implication. And you know, she wants to be able to to make sure. And yeah, man, she's going through it. So we have established already that she hasn't been sleeping. She's isolating herself. She's locking herself away in her bedroom. She's not even like connecting with her family really to speak of. And she's reliving these moments with these guys with guns threatening to like kill her. And her problem is getting worse, not better. All right, now we're at the hospital. And, ooh, that look. (laughs) What a way to meet your future father-in-law. Jules walks into the hospital room. Jacob's in bed. And she just confronts him. Straight up like, I know that you're my dad. You know, you're this bad guy. And the music is very, like, tense now. Drums. She says she's going to the cops. Yeah, and I think, again, you know, if she would have seen him anywhere else, you can make the argument that she probably would have gotten her mom and been like, we need to go right now. But knowing that the person that she thinks he is was in Valentina's house, like, 
I don't know in what universe, if that weren't the way it happened, she would go actively looking for him. Do you know what I mean? Because she's kind of terrified of him too. She doesn't want to find him. They started the show hiding from him. That's true. That is true. So the fact that Valentina doesn't want to talk to her right now, and even though she broke up with Valentina, like these scenes for as upsetting as they are that the babies are not together and that there's all of this hurt they present a really good opportunity to see what the characters are doing to like show that they love one another even if some of those decisions are dumb like pushing somebody away to protect them that's what kind of this next arc uh, or part of their story is about as she's confronting him he's saying things like i'm you know he's he's trying to explain that it her father died in the electric chair. He's not her father. He's just kind of trapped in this dude's body, right? And she is not buying it for a second. So they're kind of arguing about it. And he's getting more and more agitated, which is great for a dude in hospital who's just been shot. Well, how do you, you know, I think it's a fair question. How do you prove to somebody that you are not the person that they think you are? And that we can have a very metaphorical conversation about that as well. But literally, how do you prove to somebody? Especially someone like Jules who doesn't believe in the stuff like that Val believes in. Like, I think if if it had been Val in her situation, she'd at least entertain the idea that this was a possibility. Yeah. Whereas Jules, Jules comes from a much more kind of practical point of view on these things. And she just thinks he's a lying rat. Right, and she doesn't want to feel tricked. To accept something like this is you have to trust what the other person is saying because it sounds fantastical. So she straight up asks him, you know, what were you doing at Val's house? Were you supposed to kill someone? And he just keeps saying, I didn't have to kill anyone. I'm not your father. I was defending that family. He's trying everything to convince her that he's not El Chino. But, so, here's the thing. He still has a secret, though. And I think that Juliana is picking up on that. Because, yes, he's telling her the truth, but he's not saying who he really is. And he's being purposefully evasive for that reason while still telling the truth in the moment. And I think that that is what is forcing... Juliana to you know continue going back and forth with him like everything he's saying is making sense but he's never answering the next logical but that somebody would have like okay you're my dad's body but why who are you really you know how he says your dad died in the electric chair and then just kind of leaves it there I think that they do a really good job of him being honest, you guys can't see my air quotes, but I'm making them. But he's still having a secret, and that is what is driving the scene. Right, so she picks at that, and she's like, well, why were you trying to help them then? Because he says he was just trying to help the family, trying to save them from the gunman. And she's like, why? It's a stupid thing to say, because like that house is a compound. They have a million guards. You're a chauffeur. Nothing about that really makes sense. Like, if you saw somebody in need, wouldn't you want to help them? And, like, objectively, you could. But a, a statement as lofty as that has, like, no basis 
in the grounds of the conversation that they're having. So she picks up that that's complete BS and you can see the <laughs> the look on her face is just like, nope, I don't believe you. But he's very adamant, like he's actually sort of starting to lean up in bed as he's saying it, he's looking her in the eyes, then somebody kicks her out, I'm sorry miss, but you can't be here. So he's like, wait, wait, I'm speaking with her, and then she leaves and he yells, trying to get her to come back. He's concerned she's going to out him. Yeah. So we cut back to Val now. It's a it's a really nice um juxtaposition of what the two two of them are going through. There's a lot of frustration and anger in Jules' life and a lot of like desperation and depression in Val's. Her bedroom is so pretty. Servando, that's bad Santa's name, just in case anybody's been following along and wishing we would do better at actually using the bad guy's real names, which just to clarify, I have no plans of doing moving forward. Do you think people genuinely actually want us to share these things? I don't know. I like bad Santa better. Bad Santa's dead. Soul Patch is still running around. (laughs) It also makes them less frightening. This isn't truly like, you know, a horror show or suspense or anything, but they are these aren't like caricatures of bad guys you know they wanted to rape valentina they are going to put juliana through the ringer they're not yeah i like taking away their power by mocking them if you can't tell so now we're back with val it's an interesting shot because it's the first shot we see is her sitting on her bed but we it's framed through the doorway so the camera's in the passage looking through the doorway at Val on her bed. She's off center. She looks very vulnerable and and small and she's sort of huddled up and looking off into the distance. It's a very telling shot. And then Ava walks in and her pants is the same color as the door, which kind of bothers me. It almost looks like she's naked when they frame it from the back at first. Right. It's right. weird. And I don't know. I I mean, maybe you know what the implication of that is. It's nothing like untoward but it's just yeah when when this scene started and i was watching it i was like who is that and why do they look like they're naked because not only are her pants the same color as the door they're kind of like nude colored yeah it's just weird yeah but anyway she goes and she sits on the bed with val val is not at all interested in even like talking to her she takes the newspaper in which the headline is that this bad Santa has been shot and killed and tries to show Val um, in an effort to kind of get her to snap out of this really bad space that she's in. So for all Ava's flaws, she is trying to help Val at this point. And then Val talks about how every time she closes her eyes, she sees the gunman, she hears the gun shots. So Ava asks Val if she wants them to call Camilo which is the therapist dude, right? Don't ask her, just do it. When somebody's in that space, they can't actually make these decisions for themselves. If she could make decisions to be better, she would be doing that. Ever such a strange person. Like, why would she take Val's power away in decision-making and stuff when it comes to Jules? But when it comes to this, where she needs to be actually putting her foot down and saying, this is what we need to do, she leaves it up to Val. 
I mean, I think you can make the argument that in the case of Juliana, like Ava truly believed that Juliana was using her and needed to do what was best for Val versus like this is a real and truly horrible situation that has happened and Ava's a little bit out of her depth because I think Ava deals with problems that have like concrete paths forward or you just like find a way but with Val's trauma she doesn't really know how to navigate that I think you know she's a little bit out of her depth no but that also might be giving Ava too much credit because you know the first thing she wanted to do was sedate her and then Valentino wouldn't take the pills so like and that's not inherently a bad thing like taking medication to help you after something like this if you can't sleep or you just you know you need to get some breathing room you know completely understand why why people do that but like that's kind of Ava's first reaction like you notice it was very telling because Ava was with Ava was with Soul Patch while they were getting kidnapped so she eventually gets back to the house, but it's Guille and Renata who are there emotionally supporting Valentina. And Renata says, I'm here for you. Call me anytime, day or night. I want to talk to you about this. And Ava's like, well, should we give her pills? Like, we should give her pills, right? She can't sleep. That's what you do when somebody can't sleep. Like, she just thinks it's like this simple thing. You just solve problems. But it's not like that. It's this, like, messy, complicated, emotional process. and. That's why Ava and Valentina just butt heads. That's why Ava and everybody butts heads. Yeah, but Ava was very ready to send Val off to, like, therapy because of her perversion of liking jokes. Yeah. Ava has no pause from me. Now we get back to Jules. She's returning home. Mad as a little hornet. Oh, man. Stomping across that yard. I love her so much. (laughs) I get the feeling she interrupted a conversation that Lupe and Panchito were having by the reaction between the two of them because Lupe looks very happy to be relieved from whatever conversation they were having as she scampers off to go talk to her daughter and Panchito looks follows her with his eyes in a kind of a like, we'll return to this conversation later manner. Yeah, puppy dog Panchito. I actually like Panchito. I know he cheats and whatever, but I... I do too, except the, the thing that is not really clarified to the viewer is I think when this starts, he like has a family and two kids and he just like abandons them because Lupe's like his lost love from high school or something. So Jules explains to Lupe like what happened at the hospital and she's still adamant that this is in fact El Chino and Lupe just snaps has enough and starts kind of raising her voice at Jules and says you know I was his wife you don't think I know my own husband even if Juliana could believe it's not him based on how he was acting she doesn't believe that people can switch bodies so that is where she draws the line with her mom she's like you know don't pull me into this delusion that you have essentially absolutely and she even says to her mother like you're gonna end up looking like a fool for believing him All right, so now we cut back to a very passive Val who's lying on her bed looking sadly into the distance. And then, um, what's this chick's name? Lucia. 
Sia comes in, sits on the edge of the bed. Who is actually the main character on the show. <laughs> and she says to Val she wants to personally apologize. And then Val's like, it wasn't your fault. And then she's like, it actually was. Val's like, there's no way of knowing that he was going to be obsessed with you. And you can see that there's a lot going on with Lucia. Like, there's obviously stuff she's not saying. And then she reveals that Jacob is Jules's father. And Val's like, doesn't believe it. To the point where she actually sits up in bed and gorgeously shakes out her hair. And after a couple of moments of like, nope, I don't believe it. Yes, no, it's true. No, really. No, no. Don't believe it. And at this point in the show, everybody is starting to get information about the others and they're telling it to people that they think need to hear it. Um, So I don't know who told Lucia that he was the father. Yeah, we don't know. We don't see how she came into this information, but she's telling Val. Val basically eventually says it can't be true because she's friends with Jacob and he's a good dude and uh, Jules's dad is really not a good dude. Yeah. And then Ava walks in, interrupts their conversation. We've got some nice dynamic going here between Ava and uh, whatever her name is. Lucia, because they hate each other. They're the two, like, alphas that are vying, vying for dominance in the house. And I kind of love that it's, you know, it's two women, even though they're not, like, objectively really good people. So I'm working on that emotionally. But I still love them. Lucia leaves the room. Ava looks pleased that she managed to chase out the other woman. She brings water because, you know, that's what you do. Oh, and sedatives. They'd strike you. Yeah, that's the kicker. Like, I'm surprised at this point she hasn't mashed them up and put them in food and, like, lied to her about it. Because, yeah, Ava just has absolutely zero conflict resolution skills. She just tells people what to do. And she can't really tell her what to do right now. Val is just flat out refusing. Now we cut back to Jules. Jules storms in. She says she's thought about it. She's going to turn him into the cops, Alcino. And Lupe says, you know, on the radio, they were talking about how he saved their lives. Still, same argument. You know. Eventually, Lupe starts begging, please don't do it. So, and they had this interesting conversation where Juliana accuses Lupe of still being in love with him. And that that's why she refuses to turn him in. And I think that that's a really interesting scene because I think Lupe is convinced that it's not her husband. But I think it is also weird, like, the person with your husband's face maybe like saying and doing or being kind in a way that you like always wished he would be when you guys were together i think she's just very confused overall it's interesting though because later on we get to see her with this beltran guy who's actually Dalcino in this other dude's body and she seems to be oddly torn between liking him and not liking him too for a while Yeah, Lupe's a mess. And I think that that is part of what makes me so mad. And I think a lot of shows have this issue and it's intentional because it's an issue humans have, which is hypocrisy. So the thing that really bugs me is the hypocrisy. And you see it with everybody. 
Lupe when she's going to freak out when she finds out that Juliana and Valentina are together, even though Lupe's essentially a homewrecker and also like kept Juliana in a space that wasn't safe for years and years. And I know that it's complicated and El Chino was abusive to her as well. But to your point, we see, you know, when given the chance she does, it's it's more than just fear rooting her there. Like, there is, like, an attraction to him. I don't really know what to do about that for her, because that sounds terrible. And you see this with a lot of other characters as well. You know, Ava trying to control what everybody does and saying, oh, what will the family, you know, what will people think of the family? But she's running around with Soul Patch, who's, like, the head of one of the cartels. Like, it's just so hypocritical. And the only people that are not hypocritical are our sweet and wonderful, perfect babies. And they just get dragged through the mud. Absolutely. And I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and stop recording. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena, and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? very socially active online uh, just depends on what channel uh, so twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that i will communicate back so it's at monica mccallan and that's on twitter i do have a facebook fan page and i have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff twitter is where you can find me Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.